Welcome to the Mark Stereo Music Podcast. This podcast is an audio journal of my guests and I's adventures throughout the live and local music biz. Fun conversations, cool tunes, and good times will be had. My name is Mark Sterry, and I'm a 15-plus-year veteran of the Twin Cities, Minnesota metro music scene. Check me out at Mark Sterry, that's S-T-A-R-Y, music.net. Also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. All of my original music is available for download on iTunes, CD Baby, and most other places you get your music online. This podcast drops every Tuesday, if not before, on iTunes, SoundCloud, and most other places podcasts are available. If you enjoy it, please subscribe on iTunes. It's totally free and guarantees you'll never miss an episode. If you've got an extra buck or two that you wouldn't mind tossing in the podcast tip jar, please visit patreon.com forward slash Mark Starry Music Podcast. Also considering helping get the word out in the street via social media, five-star rating and review in iTunes, and or tell a friend or two. Happy Thought of the Day is by Tom Petty. Redemption comes to those who wait. Forgiveness is the key. Thanks for tuning in and welcome to the Mark Starry Music Podcast. Enjoy! Welcome back to the Mark Sterry Music Podcast, episode 169. Thanks to all the folks who contribute to this podcast on Patreon.com. Coming at you on a gloomy but warm winter day here in St. Paul, Minnesota. Love GarageBand for doing the podcast, but every time the files don't merge and it looks like my interview is gone, I almost have a freaking heart attack. Last week's Geeks Wrap-Up. Wednesday, played a solo show at Pub 42 in New Hope, Minnesota. Afterwards, was fun to check out Twang Time, featuring podcast friends Allie, Luke, Smokey, Danny, and Scott. Friday, played a solo show at Ingredients in Wiper Lake, Minnesota. Busiest night I've ever seen it there, and thanks for the tip, Mr. Brown. Saturday, Brian K. Johnson and I rocked out at JJ's Pub at Commander Bar in Breezy Point, Minnesota. Ice Fest weekend craziness. Played four hours, DJed almost four hours, went to the room where there were people already checked in it, just another adventure up in Breezy. Upcoming shows. Wednesday, January 9th, 2019, I'm playing a solo show at Pub 42 in New Hope, Minnesota. Thursday, January 10th, I'll be playing a duo show at BDL Club in Roseville, Minnesota from 6 to 9 p.m. Friday, January 11th, I'll be playing a duo show for the Chamber of Commerce of Baldwin, Wisconsin. Saturday, January 12th, I'll be playing a duo show at Eagle Lounge in Balsam Lake, Wisconsin from 7 to 10 p.m. Is part two of two with the popular Minnesota singer-songwriter and host of the Singer-Songwriter Showcase at Plums, Nick Hensley. We talk Mancini's, Harmonica, his new album Angry Standards, and more. Enjoy the conversation. Mr. Nick Hensley, welcome back to the Mark Sterry Music Podcast. We're still here at Plums in beautiful St. Paul, Minnesota on a summer ish winter day yeah it's, it's like nice 40 out. it's gorgeous you know for the middle of winter whatever december it's a gorgeous day outside good I'm day to have a beer it's all gonna melt and then freeze over and then i'm gonna slip i know it yep i gotta ice it <laughs> i gotta uh, salt it when i get home i know it but yeah it's, it was really nice today so I'm holding on to some of Nick's records right here we're talking about um angry standards his new one and so one thing i want to ask so like 
how did you go about getting the rights to these songs? So, yeah, there's just, uh, when I went through, I always go through copycats. I just like them. I work with a guy named Brad over there. And uh, he told me, I didn't know it was going to be this much, but it was, I'm not going to say what it was, but it was a lot more than I thought it would be. (laughs) So that threw my budget way off. Because originally, like I said, did everything live, got rehearsed. We had been playing these songs, some of them for years. These very different takes of these old covers. So I'm like, we'll go in the studio, do it live, lay it down, it'll be fine, easy. But the licensing is what's expensive. Yeah. Turned out to be worth it once you do the pre-sale. But um, And you get radio play. You can do radio play then. Oh, I didn't do the digital licensing yet, so I'm not releasing. I'm putting my foot down for a while. I want people to get the physical copy because I like the artwork so much. The artwork is After killer, reason, man. And it's uh, expensive for off. sure. Um, I just read, as you're setting up, you just talking about Mancini's. You just at a CD release party at Mancini's. Yeah. And that's my favorite restaurant in the world. So oh, my birthday great. is actually officially tomorrow. Mm-hmm. But I've been celebrating my family today. But my dad wound up at Regions here. It's been one yeah, of those I'm days. But it's, it's, it's leg. It'll, it'll be okay. But uh, that's my favorite restaurant on planet Earth. Oh, yeah, and awesome. I just read on Facebook that the guy from the Midas Touch is retiring to Florida. <laughs> That band has been around forever, and that's one of my favorite like lounge bands ever. Like thirty-five to forty years, hasn't it? That they've been up there. It has to be. I've never had them on. I remember back in the day. Nice. They had uh, they, the guy used to look like Eric. They used to look like these seventies lounge guys, and they were so awesome. You ever seen the Midas Touch? Oh yeah, yeah. I uh, I'm, I'm that's sad. I wonder if they'll keep it going one way or another. It sounded like it, but one of the main guys, he was just wrote his. His soliloquy about him retiring on Facebook just now as we started this up. So that's a sad day if they're, yeah. but hopefully they're still kicking for sure because oh, Midas Touch good is classic. For good for him, Florida. So tell us about that CD release show. I know I'm good from Facebook and the photos and stuff like that. So who all played with you and, and how did it all go? Same guys on the album. Poor Jess got sick that night. I was really looking forward to um, when Rachel Kurtz was on the road. I had two featured artists on there that sing duets with me. One was Jessica Carey, one was Rachel Kurtz. Jess was going to cover it that night, and she got sick. Joe opened up and then played with me. Joe Carey is one of my best friends. And then the boys, like I said, it's uh, Salisbury, Blair Krevenick, and uh, Jordan Carlson. And I, I did both drummers because Jordan did a lot of the live stuff because he's in the band. And then Greg Schutte, who records with me all the time, or I record at his place. He's also a drummer, fantastic drummer. He plays with Mickey Hart from the Grateful Dead. He's awesome. Um, I don't like to point out typos and stuff, but as I look through your awesome artwork, it Uh-oh. looks great. But, but uh, turn the page. I think that's Metallica, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you and my wife both. It was funny, the, uh, um, when Pete Lochner did the artwork, he thought, because I just said Seeger when I, you know, on the front of it, it was just says Seeger, I believe. And uh, he thought I was talking about Pete Seeger because he was so surprised that I did a, 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 a Bob, uh, Bob Seeger song. Yeah. And I, uh, I, I, have to, I, I love, I have a newfound love for Bob Seeger because Mick Sterling asked me to do this uh, thing with him. He does Bruce Springsteen and I do Bob Seeger and then we split it the whole night and it was, I had a newfound respect for Seeker tunes, and 
Mayhem Dude, what's some of your new favorite Seeger tunes? What's one that? What's some that um, someone should download? That Seeger tune. I mean, no, I'm just saying that. Well, all the classics are amazing. Uh, there's a uh, Ramblin' Gamblin' Man is a killer tune. Three chords, GFC, too, oh. pretty much. I mean, and, but singing Night Moves to an audience that's really into it is so fun. I mean, dynamically, that song is insane. We don't do like a rock, but I did it with um, my friend Tom Bard. We did something up at Pioneer years ago with a Seeger thing. That song starts way low, and that ends up that he hits stuff that. Do you do that too? Insane. You hit those notes oh, up I there? I try. I try. Sometimes I feel, depending on the night, sometimes I fail miserably. I don't think Bob hits those notes anymore. I think those keys have changed. <laughs> so someone could ask this question of you also as of Bob Seeger. So he's known for his Bob Seeger voice, whatever. Yeah. So how you've been doing this for 20 years, if anyone would ever hear you sing, <laughs> you obviously, it's a, it's a real strong, loud, masculine voice. How do you keep that going all this time? Have you ever had the nodules and all that? I mean, you know when it's at the when I'm at my worst is when I'm not playing a lot. It's when I take breaks. It's like just why I warm up a lot. I've not had notes. I sing from the gut. I very I don't sing from the throat. I had some a lot of vocal training and then and I did I went to St. Thomas and uh later the U and did operatic stuff. So Did you really? Yeah, it's really strange. There's a totally two different voices. So operatic Well you'll stuff. hear you'll hear the opening on that. On, uh, on on those albums on Angry Standards, that's all those the high parts are me. Wow, I like that stuff. It freaks people out. I used to Who, do. Do you, you have any influence? Flowers. What's that? <laughs> I used to do. You don't bring me flowers. The Neil Diamond tune I used to do oh my Barbara Streisand's part and Neil Diamond's part. So who are your operatic singer influences? Oh shit, I don't know anything <laughs> about that stuff. <laughs> I mean, I no, but how who, who would be your vocal influences though? I was I mean, I love Tom Waits ish. No, I lo- I mean I love what Joe Cocker does to other oh, people's okay. songs. But um, and Tom Waits writing wise, but I don't think I sound like Tom. I've heard that a lot. I think people just have a there's something about the gravel and they think it's Tom the gravel, Waits. yeah. But um, geez, I think Bob Dylan sounds more like Tom Waits now than Tom Waits <laughs> ever did. But then sometimes Bill- Dylan comes out and he's clear as day. It's really strange. Um, Tom Waits is one of my favorite writers. Tom Petty is one of my favorite writers. I don't sound anything like him. I have more favorite writers than I do, like, people I would try to sing like. I don't know. I think I was heavily influenced by Eddie Vedder, though. Like, I love... Really? Yeah, that was, a, that was my heyday. Like, that, when that came out, I was pretty excited about that kind okay. of music. Um, so, first of all, so where are you from? Um, well... I, uh, the year the Tigers won the World Series, we left Detroit. That was 84. Pretty okay. Funny. So you're from Detroit? Detroit to Chicago to I've been up here for since the 90s. And so your folks had switched jobs or something? How'd you end up here? My dad switched jobs from Detroit to Chicago. I, I came up here for school. Oh, okay. Yeah, and then stayed. Now my folks are up here. They okay. love it. They just moved to Battle Creek area. Oh, good dog park over there. Yep. Um... So when did you start picking up on music and guitar and all that stuff? 
I was in like a boys choir when I was really young. Then I gave it up because everything was not cool. Music wasn't cool for a while. And then I think it was like uh, maybe junior high. I had a guy named Mr. Tabus that was a music teacher that got me back into it. I was kind of jockey, but loved, still loved to sing chorus. Then I figured, then I caught up with my, like I, I just didn't care what anybody thought anymore and started to really like it. And then I started to do uh, more of a rock thing, but I never played, I didn't play guitar until I tried to teach myself in college. <laughs> and then I broke my arm really bad and I just kind of gave it up. And I wasn't until about 10 years ago that I really said, all right, you got to be able to play for yourself now. Because you, you probably know I had other people play for me, yeah. and I would pick it up from time to time. Now I can play, I can get all the way through three or four-hour shows. It's not great. My fingers hurt like hell. I don't know how you guys do it. But, um, yeah, and I still hate bar court, and I still use the capo like crazy. I am a big capo guy, too. So when I look back at, like, my career and all the St. Paul times, whatever, bands I think back that I knew and whatever and saw, I really think of you and Joe, the love songs for Angry Man. That was pretty iconic duo around the area for a long so that's, time. That's interesting, because I thought you were, uh, you were, weren't you around when we were the district? The district. I was just going to ask you about so, the yeah, district. Joe wasn't in that. that was when but the, how did when you the, meet Joe? Like, you guys were the dynamic duo after, of, like, St. Paul for a long time. Joe, basically what happened was... Um, Joe and Jim and then sometimes Jess but I think Jess was pretty young originally um, Joe and Jim Carrey played together all the time and then Jim Carrey joined GB Layton and when that happened um, I asked Joe to be my duo partner and then we played forever together for yeah. a long time and then uh, and then Joe um, really he just didn't you know want to be playing guitar he, he put, he's the one that pushed me to really like try to push me to play for uh -huh. myself he really didn't want to just sit there and play guitar for me and um, so when he left, I started playing with Ken Valdez. And that's been going on for like eight, nine years now. That's crazy how long things, all of a sudden you look at that. And so now I have three different play people that I use, and now I play for myself the whole time, and they back me up. Or, and what Joe, the show that Joe and I do now is he does two songs, I do two songs, and we back each other up. Oh, that's great. Balance. It's so fun. So he can do all this Neil Young stuff, the Cat Stevens, all his own uh, original stuff. She turns the light on. I do the same kind of thing, but I do like my Tom Petty, Bruce, that kind of thing. Yeah, Fun. that's cool. Hey, just as you brought up Ken Valdez, I was just texting him the other day. Did you know that drummer gal that passed away? I didn't know her. I knew of her. Ken knew her. I think I knew well. of her too. Yeah, because I know she was a blue. She was a like a oh yeah blues drummer. Yeah. Which is, I mean, for a cute little Caucasian girl, <laughs> young girl, that's that's interesting for sure, and, and not definitely would stand yeah, out yeah, for yeah, sure at Shaw's and, um, or whatever. Yeah, and I, I'm sure like Rick Olson and, the, and people at and Shaw, 
they knew knew of her, knew better. That's terrible, though. I guess she was she was uh, stabbed in the Netherlands or something. Yeah, something like that. I don't that. know. The I'm not even really sure. That's horrible, though. So speaking, let's say not speaking of blues guys, but you've always been kind of a harp guy too, a harmonica guy. Yeah. Who's, are you a blues harp? Do you like play cross harp or straight harp? I or what do you play? I play both. I'm not great at. I'm not a big fan of, and it's a lot of work to do to play through a bullet and through an amp and stuff. That's like not my bag. That's a professional kind of blues player. Yeah. I made something. I'll I'll show you later, but uh, that I love now. So I I treat the harp like an ambient. Almost like what a ambient slide guitar would be while I play. That's how I treat with a little bit of verb, and I have a separate microphone now. So when I, every time I play solo shows, there's two mics, one for vocals. So you're playing a lot of harp. Yeah, when I'm, I, and it's different too. And I even I've even started to dabble with um, looping the harp because I use a looper really? for vocals sometimes for fun. I don't loop guitar because I'm not proficient enough to do that crap. I think it's cool when people do it. I just. No way. Not yeah. even, not, I'm not even close to that. <laughs> so um, so do you play, are you a tongue block or lip purse guy, harp? Like tongue block, yeah. I'm a tongue block. I hung, hung, yep. slap your tongue on and, there or whatever. But, um, yeah, I mean. So I slap my tongue and I blow out this side. It would be, I, and I could play, I play chromatic and diatonic, but it's not, that's hard to do. Some of that stuff, I tried to recreate melodies on it and it's. It's kind of hard. I've never played it. a chromatic one. Do you there, ever use it? Yeah, I have a couple of them. I don't use them very often. And, I, and to be honest, I'd like to sit down and really study it because I think it's pretty cool. Like the Stevie Wonder shit. Yeah, Stevie's awesome. And then George Harmonica Smith is another classic oh, yeah. um, chromatic harp player. I'd love to do that. Yeah, I've never monkeyed with it at all. I have 14 harps to me at all times. I'm yeah, like harmonica I, I keep freak. them at the showcase. They'll, they'll be on top. And then I'm really into these low harps. Those are really cool. Like D or lower? Low E I have. And I should get a low F because the F in general is so damn high. And it, I use it a lot, and I hate how high it, like, that's almost a piercing <laughs> thing. It's just not, I don't know why F harp is, like, a thing. I like the low one. I, I need to get one. I'm assuming I'd like it. Um, so, yeah, yeah talk. You're, talk. Yeah, you're a great harp. I totally forgot that that's, like. That's yeah. my thing is harmonica yeah. for sure. Um, I was thinking I'm like, more like the Dylan S. I'm not. I'm not you, Mark. Oh shit! I mean, whatever. <laughs> no, but uh, I remember I played a show here at the, the whatever the Jamba Banan called it the Crush Fest night. Oh yeah. And he had some buddy from out of town, some kid. And he goes, "Hey man, he's a good harmonica player. Let him play your harmonica." And I'm like, "What? Ew. It's in my mouth. It's like yeah. what?" Uh, it's great. And so he said, man, uh, do it, Bland. Let me let, just do it. He's great. So I did the one time and only time I've yeah. ever let anyone play my harmonica, unless it was someone like Sugar Blue or some blues sure, guy. I mean, or whatever. They had, yeah. And then so, but it was the worst. Yeah, like it was the worst harmonica playing ever. It's, it's just drunk yeah. and go, hee, hee, hee. Like, well, yeah, thanks, John. Now with the guitar, I'll just throw the whole thing away. That's such a, in, in the songwriting realm of things, instead of like a rock and roll or blues, it's there's, it's really cool for parts. It really is. It's like a, you, you treat it like a, like a slide player would for just ambient parts and not blowing over anything. But to do a true like part or melody from off the top, that's pretty fun. People really like harp. I mean, you and I are probably one of the fewer players that play it consistently at shows. Did you use a cage too when you play? Not anymore. I loop the guitar and I do it all this. Oh, nowadays. that's fun. Yeah, yeah I don't use then any... you can see it's really hard to draw. I'll show you what I made. I think you're gonna. Yeah, get a I'd kick love out to check it. it out for sure. 
It's um, hard to draw a harp, though, off a cage or anything else, so I did this thing. To do the cross harp, you're saying, on, on a cage yeah, thing? Like, There's one guy play. that, uh, what's his name? I'm sure Ken's you probably, co- what's that? Kevin Burt. Kevin Burt. He's amazing at it. Is but, he really? There's yeah. no blues guy, too, that I used to, Jimmy Reed. Oh. He wrote, like, Big Boss Man. Elvis cool. covered the baby. What you want me to do? You know, ever and he was he did it all, and you would never know it was sitting in one of those Bob Dylan deals. Yeah, he, Kevin Bird had a thing where he locked it so tight. Somehow he's got it locked so tight that it doesn't move, and he can move it any which way. It drives me crazy. I can't use the cage when I play. It's right in front of him. I'm like, I'm all about singing, so I hate it. Yeah. So okay, so the first time I met you is many many years ago. You're you're playing the in the band the District well, at. Tom Reed's in downtown St. Paul's. First yeah, time I ever saw music. you play. So what was the story of the district? What was that? It was I thought, well, I thought that was a great name for a band. It's such a weird, that's a total weird story. That I wasn't even in the original band. It was called the Red Light District in high school. It was Mike Ruiz's band. Ruiz. And, uh, and then him and I became really close and started writing together and we just carried that name over, chopped the red light, because that was dumb. Yeah. Know? That's what you do in a red light district. That's in Amsterdam where they have drugs and hookers. <laughs> um, just chopped it. And um, years later, I found out there was a much bigger band out of New York called The District, which I thought was interesting. But, um, uh, that was just Mike Rez and I, you know, back when the City Pages, looking for bass player, looking for drummer, had a thing at My Apple Studio and just started a band. And it... And I was in college at the time. That's always a great time to be in a band because it's like a built-in fan base. If yeah. You know, if you... Because I'm you know, a pretty social guy, let's just say. Yeah, like, for with sure. The booze and the, so, um, so, yeah. That, I mean, and it took off. And then, but after college, just like anything else, those things dwindle. And I tried to carry it on for a little bit. And went on the road with Paul Johnson and some of those guys. And, um, and did okay for a while. But uh, it... Um, Finally, I was just like, well, I started to write my own songs completely. Picked up the guitar again, wrote my own songs, and then dropped it. Started coming up with uh, Love Songs Ring and Men is just a line from an old song. I was just going to ask you, where yeah. did that title come from? That's just a line from a song called Sacred Ground called The Danimal Song. Love Songs for Angry Men. It was an old college roommate, yeah. And it's just a line, when I get drunk, I write love songs for angry men. And so, and then put it in the city pages once, like as a joke, and it just stuck. Now we're screwed. We're stuck. Yeah, a stack of CDs here with on there for sure. Well, I so, just changed the name actually to it's called Nick Hensley with and loves the, and the love songs for Angry Men, and that would be like the band. If I was yeah, with the band. that makes more sense if you're doing so much stuff out and about. Fifteen freaking years. <laughs> Thinking back, like over the years, playing the twenty years you've been doing this around the cities. Who are some of your local? favorite groups in these years like and that you really looked up to or admired or kind of wanted to be like or individual but yeah like i mean like you and i know luke kramer i think that guy's just killer like amazing player his own stuff is amazing oh yeah Um, I love Martin Zeller and the Hardways. I loved the Gear Daddies. I love the Replacements. I do too. Um, I love. Dylan. Do you cover any Replacements? We do. Uh, can't hardly wait in the band. 
just I've been, I love them. I've been, I didn't realize because I've been doing uh, Alex Chilton. Yeah. And like how it's, it's tricky. I mean, there's a lot of oh, chords yeah, and it's super catchy. Yeah. And it all stands out. What a cool songwriter. It's, yeah, it's. I even like his poppy 90s stuff, dyslexic heart and all that stuff. I love all that stuff. It's, he's, yeah, it's insane. And if you look up, like, just him, how he breaks down his own stuff acoustic and how he chooses to play the parts that were played by, by everyone else and how he breaks it down just by himself, it's pretty, he's an amazing guitar player. Yeah. It's does, crazy. Does he still live in the cities, you think? I don't know. I'm sure he, he's around. How about you? Were you a Prince guy? Yeah, loved it. Really? But not for the same, I mean... I respect the musicianship. I'll probably, like, I don't know if I would know anything off musicology, which is sad. So if, like, a true Prince fan would be like, yeah. well, you're not a Prince fan unless you knew. Yeah. I mean, I just like the, the, um, I just knew that he was, you could tell from a young age, I knew that he was something real special. Like, when I was younger, I'd be like, okay. gosh, he plays everything. And when I found that out, when I, that I, I was like, that's, there's people like that that exist. That's crazy. As I get older, I'm, I'm. I remember. There's another thing I remember. You guys' songwriter showcases that you always had great break music. I oh. remember one time I was here and you had love song. You had, uh, Mad Dogs and Englishmen. Oh, Leon sure. Russell's oh, version, yeah. and I love Leon Russell. So yeah. lately, I've been taking my break music seriously. Yeah. And I love, and I saw, I've been kind of rediscovering all these old bands I loved in the Twin Cities, especially oh, doing yeah. this podcast. I ended up listening to everybody's stuff. Like, I was just cranking your new record driving here, you oh, know? Nice. And it's like uh, um, listening to these old Daisy Head Maisie songs yeah, and whatever. I like Will. So was cool. Writer. Is there any place in there inside your mind where you hide me? Is there any place in there inside your mind? I and I I invited him down. He did one Minnesota Naked with me. I wish I I gotta track him down and go see him. I, like I love his lyrics. He had a Firefly song that blew my mind. I remember because we had, shared a bill with Emmett O'Garris every Wednesday for a long time. Really? Yeah. He was on the podcast a couple years ago, and he had a new record out, and I listened to it. And I told him I thought it was as good as anything he's ever done in the old, oh, yeah. you know, he wrote, he wrote, let me day. Is you it know? really? Mo- I should get it. Is it more kind of stripped was, down songwriting? I thought it was just spectacular. Yeah. And um, there was a song on it called uh, "Beside Me." It's spectacular. And then he was writing a play, and a, a musical play. And, and so he works was, with like uh, kids, camp and, stuff. Yeah, yeah and kids he's stuff. A great, great, amazing guy. I, I think I, he's around, I man. Yeah, I should. Doesn't he? Is he in Wisconsin? I think he's, he might be teaching camp in Hudson or whatever. I, I, I was at their final, or their, their, their O'Gara's yeah, show, like their big 20-year one or whatever. I talked to Chris. I wanted to do, she, you know, I didn't want to do a district reunion because we don't even know. And, and uh, But I wanted to do something in the Shamrock Room, and then we couldn't get it together. And I I would think that would have been so fun to do that and then go back and see the the bigger bands from the 90s because district wasn't big enough to go back. Nobody would ever showed up. But, do you still uh, do St. Patty's over at St. Well, no longer O'Gara's, but... We did the last one. Did you? I've done... Yeah, it's... For the last 15 years, we've probably done 10 of them. Yeah. For a while, we went over to Minneapolis and did for Donovan's. Oh, Donovan's. Because um, she was doing more, like, straight cover stuff. Because we do a lot of Celtic music, actually. Do you really? Yeah. So, um... 
I mean, not traditional. Like, Joe does a lot of the traditional stuff, but, like, a lot of my lyrics are based on Irish heritage and stuff. So. Very, very cool. All right, man, we wrapped up part two here. Um, we're just talking about Nick's record, his new album, Angry Standards. So the other song you played for me was the Springsteen one. Um, was it the Springsteen one? Yeah, I'm on fire. Yeah, so that's a really different that is version a of that, that is a totally different version of that. Yeah. And that was really cool. Oh, cool. So we came up with that it. concept. That's all of us, but that's that's a lot of Salisbury and uh, Jordan Blair, those three guys. Yeah, and then uh, we added Shane later, but that's definitely all of us. That's 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 us playing together for ten years, and the way we break down songs is it. We're not a tribute band, so when we do no, covers, it was we a, to do. yeah. The coolest thing about that is uh, I can get paid for that now. So when I play live, when you turn in the stuff to the ASCAP, when you turn your set list and stuff, you can get paid for other people's covers because you redid it and you bought the rights. It's crazy. So when people ask me for covers, like, will you play this, this, this? I'm like, well, I actually do these covers on this record. If you want to take a look, you can request something off there. But it kind of gets people off my back. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a really good idea. I'm thinking about doing it myself. It was really fun. It turned into something a little... I, I you know, I thought I was just going to do it like a sleeve, and but it, when it just... It turned it morphed into something more important, I guess, for me. I don't know. That's awesome, man. It's fun. One one thing I remember clearly too, you doing one time was at uh, at O'Gara's. I was stopping and hanging up posters, I think, and I snuck in the back, and you guys were sitting in a circle, and you had a big band around you, and you guys were doing bell bottom blues. <laughs> And it was awesome. Oh, good. Do you remember what that was all about? Was that must be for St. Patty's there? What was the band? Was that what they band was that? They rehearsed, rehearsed there. Um, I think we Luke were, was on in on that, and yeah, probably we were we were playing. I think we were rehearsing for a CD release or something because we had never all of us together hadn't played together in a long time. We we don't rehearse at all, <laughs> and, and that's like. And you can tell, I mean, they're an amazing band, but like you can tell that I don't get to play with a band that much. I still get lost when, once percussion hits, I get lost a lot still. <laughs> just strum and just, I'll find the one, find the one. Oh, there it is. Nice. So. All right, man. Hey, great to see you here at Plums. Yeah. Looking forward to your senior harmonica thing. We'll take a picture for the SoundCloud account. And thanks for finally being on the show there, Nick. And, and sure. good luck with the record, man. Oh, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Thanks for tuning in to this week's edition of the Mark Stare Music Podcast. Hope you've enjoyed the program. We'll see you back here for new podcasts about life and times in the live and local music scene each and every Tuesday, if not before, on iTunes, SoundCloud, and most other places podcasts are available. This is a listener-supported podcast. If you'd like to get on board, please visit patreon.com forward slash Mark Stare Music Podcast. If you enjoyed some of the musical edits on the show, please head on over to your local record store or do some digging on iTunes and load up on some new songs. Also, if you get a chance, please go check out some live music somewhere. It could be a great and worthwhile experience. Life is short. Go have some fun. Till next time. Yeah, little girl, is your daddy home? Did it go and leave you all alone? Got a bad desire 
Freight train run. 